Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus okay lamborghini mercy yo chick she's so thirsty i'm in that two-seat limbo with your girl she trying to jerk okay lamborghini mercy yo chick she's so thirsty i'm in that two-seat limbo with your girl she trying to all right and we are back for another edition of the starting 502 podcast as always my name is presley meyer your host with the most and joining me today nick connor is out of town so we have madison wood from sunny california maddie how are we doing doing great doing great game just finished it's about three in the afternoon um and so that's that's pretty great for me got the whole rest of my day to enjoy my saturday after a win so that's good for yeah. me must be nice and you know what at this point you know a win is a win uh to me until we uh get chris mack back and in action Louisville defeats detroit lamborghini mercy 73 to 67 today um not exactly what you want to see not exactly the idea when you're coming 
into a game against an 0-3 opponent that's clearly overmatched. To me, the main takeaway uh, from the first four games of the season, but especially uh, today and against Furman, is there's a reason Chris Mack makes $4 million a year. There's a reason that he's... There's a reason he's missing out on over $200,000 in the six-game stretch. Uh, he's the leader. He's the person that everybody looks looks to. And when things start getting hairy, you look to your leader to guide you. And people greatly underestimate and undervalue. Maddie, I guess my first question to you would just be, when you look at, at this game, when you look at the start to this season, what percentage of, of what is going on uh, is just kind of essentially related to Chris Mack being gone? I would probably say at least 50%. I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, knock anybody who said it was 50, 50, you know, we just are trying to get used to a new system and the other half of it is, is the Mac thing. Uh, just mm-hmm. because, you know, when you, when you implement a brand new system also with, you know, so many new coming faces and the, you know, and guys in the offense, it's going to be, there's going to be some bumps in the road in the beginning. It's going to be a little bit tough. Um, to kind of get that integrated, you know, with the discipline that you need and and that is necessary, you know, to play that that style of basketball. Um, and so definitely when you don't have that that leader that is inspiring that toughness, that edge, that grit that Mac, Mac has to, uh, you know, impart that into the players that, during the game to keep playing with that and keep that up consistently, you're not going to get a consistent result on the court. So I, I really feel – I mean, honestly, to me, I feel I feel like it cannot probably even be more like 60-40 um, and the MAC thing being 60% because this team, from the way they were talking all offseason, sounded and the way they looked when MAC was there, granted they were exhibitions, but just the flow and and we we talked about it after those games, how how they the offense looked completely different night and day from what we from what we saw last season but in these first uh, few opening games with the geese at the helm we've seen that it's it's kind of reverted back to that half court people standing around type thing because we just aren't playing tough on either end of the floor right now and that's something that that Mac really gets guys doing is is playing tough and putting maximum effort when you do that you're going to get more plays to go your way and you're also not going to give the other team the confidence like we gave Lamborghini Mercy. I love that, by the way. That's hilarious. Um, <laughs> that we gave them to start the game. Um, and, and you know, then they were able to almost beat us there at the end. So definitely, you know, something that we need to turn around. But I do feel at least 50% of it could be attributed to the coach not being there right now. Yeah, and I think that you have to look at teams that are in similar, similar situations. Uh, you know, I look at, like, John L. Smith, uh, former Louisville football coach, kind of became that uh, fill-in guy, right? A- a- after Petrino at, at Arkansas, uh, he was kind of a fill-in guy uh, at Michigan State, and you saw how much those programs fell off when you don't have your head coach, the player that the pl- the coach that the players came to play for. The reason that they came to this program uh, is Coach Mack. Now I know that there's there are other guys on this team. Uh, that the reason that they found out about the program, the reason that they developed relationships with the staff are because of the other staff members. But ultimately, you're looking to your leader. You look at uh, the the Bobby Petrino season when, where the where the wheels fell off and the team was two and eight, and we thought, oh well, you know, maybe when Bobby Petrino is gone, uh, things might, you know, maybe they won't they won't get a win, but at least they will be able to point things in the right direction. And and the wheels not only fell off, but the transmission fell out. You know, like it, it's just. It's really difficult uh, to have 
your head coach the entire offseason, have your head coach during the scrimmages and have the guy that everybody leans on, everybody looks to, including the other coaches. You know, you look at the way that uh, this Louisville team is built and the way that their kind of routine is every time out, uh, all the coaches huddle. Chris Mack kind of gets everybody else's opinions, but ultimately he's the guy that they defer to. He's the guy that goes back to the huddle with the plan. Now, all of a sudden, all the coaches are going to the huddle without their leader there. Chris Mack knows how to get the most out of each player. And when you look at the bench, when you look at the rotation, those sort of things are just not as crisp as what you would see even four games into the season. It's clear that there's, there's a lack of concern for who gets in and, and, and who's not playing. So, for instance, uh, during this game, Mason Faulkner did not play at all in the second half. Roosevelt Wheeler didn't get into the game in the first 34 minutes of the game uh, after coming off of a great performance in the last game. Um, there were some concerning things where we saw in the rotation where where Cross and Locke and uh, I came I, I believe it was Jared West. You know we saw them gaining momentum um, and then immediately get pulled out of the game. It feels like the team is kind of just going the the coaching staff is just kind of going through the motions with the rotation and not allowing the team to get into a rhythm. And I think that's been a, a major concern. How much do you think that the rhythm? Uh, of this team is has been thrown off by the coaching staff, and how much do you think that that will change when Matt comes back? Oh, I hundred percent think that it's that it's thrown been thrown off by the rotations and and being people being pulled, you know, when they really probably shouldn't have been pulled because it, not just you know you were talking about Noah Locke and and Jared West, but you know Dre Davis played a great game today, and he he really was in a groove. And defensively and offensively through a stretch and, and got pulled too because it sat down on the bench. So yep. it's kind of it's kind of inexplicable. It's a little bit um, bizarre, just some of these things that we've been seeing and like players that have and haven't been getting time. But also, we don't really know. You, you said going through the motions, but we don't really know. Like maybe maybe after the first game or maybe after the loss to to Furman, they realized you know we we really need Mac more than we thought we did and maybe they are just trying to get through these these six games until he gets back he, I mean that kind of sucks but on the other hand it's like you know maybe we'll get to see we'll get to see some of these guys you know really have to learn you know learn on the fly and it kind of depends like Mason Faulkner I think could be the starting point guard by the time like the real meat of the season comes around, like the ACC schedule and things like that. I, I think it kind of depends on how Jared West continues to progress. Uh, and, you know, if he, if he plays, cause he didn't play e extremely well today. Not, a, not a lot of people played very well today. Uh, Dre was, you know, by far the best player, the best player out there for us. But uh, you know, I think Mason Faulkner plays exactly the way Chris Mack wants a guard to play in his system. And I feel like, you know, even though, you know, he said something about I think his reasoning for not playing him was he didn't respond very well to a couple of mistakes in the first half or something like that. But to me, it's like if you see what's going on and you saw, you know, he was having some success when he was in there. And, and Mason Faulkner can defend, man. Mason Faulkner can really defend as well. Um, Jared mm -hmm. West isn't isn't the only on, good on ball defender on on the team, you know, especially at the guard spot. So I really I really think that we definitely can look at how many guys that we have and we talk consistently about our depth, but we also have to kind of look at it with the double-edged sword of 
who's going to get these minutes, who's really going to, and also with the pace that we want to play and are trying to play, you know, guys could be getting tired. Maybe, maybe they're more tired than they look, you know, maybe they're, they need a breather, certain things like that. You know, we really don't know. We never will know what really is like the goings are the goings on deep inside the, you know, into the, in the team and within the coaching staff and within the program, because we just, you know, to be a fly on the wall would be awesome, but we can only make, you know, assumptions and kind of our best guess from what we see on the court. And from what we see on the court, it looks a little bit now, kind of like you were saying, kind of just like a hodgepodge of, you know, let's just put guys on the floor and, and see if it works. And if it doesn't, we'll put some other guys on the floor and, and then, you know, we'll make this substitution for whatever reason. And we're just kind of flying by the seat of our pants until coach Matt gets back. Now we, we have a couple more games, you know, to see if we could make some improvements. But to me so far, it looks through the first four games, the same issues have been popping up. And, and so that's a little bit concerning, but we keep having to bring up the caveat that I don't think these concerning things happen whenever Mac is around. So it's yet to be seen, but I do feel like right now it's a little bit concerning. I hope, I hope we can make it out of this stretch four and two. I think I would be happy if we made it out of this six game stretch four and two. Yeah. I like the comparison that Ethan Moore made. I was just listening a little bit earlier in the post game. Ethan Moore is obviously a, a teacher. You made the, the comparison of the substitute teacher, right? Uh, when you know your teacher, you know that you're not going to get away with stuff because they set the standard, they set the tone. You look to them, uh, at, at you look to them, and, and they're kind of responsible for for how um, your behavior is, how you react. And I know there's there's some give and take there a little bit in that comparison, but there is something to be said about you know th- this team is is looking to their leader for answers, and Mike McGee's does he lacks experience in that area and the team didn't come to, to play for, for Mike McGee's ultimately uh, getting a little bit into some of the player comments. Uh, you know, I try to write down at the end of each game, uh, what each player brought to the table, what stood out to me. So let's get into that just a little bit. Jared West. I feel that again, Jared West is a consummate leader on a team that's full of inconsistency. He feels like the calm of the storm. Uh, he was the player that was able to lock down Antoine Davis. He was just absolutely on fire again tonight. It's, uh, Jared West didn't play his best game, but still he brings the same level of, of effort and consistency each night, which I love. Noah Locke, uh, the guy has nads of steel. Pure scorer, confidence is unwavering. Uh, Dre Davis obviously was the best player today, period. Uh, the first time we've probably ever been able to say that about Dre Davis in a local uniform. Uh, he's similar to Dwayne Sutton, that he's kind of a high-energy player, uh, who you don't see that much in the box score, but he had a great night just overall tonight. He was crashing the boards, shooting with confidence, playing in rhythm. Uh, he had nine second chance points tonight. Uh, just really good stuff all around from Dre Davis. Uh, Jalen Withers, Louisville needs so, so much more from Jalen Withers. We can get into this a little bit more in a second, but you, you can't have your most talented player floating on the perimeter, taking contested threes. Last year we saw, we saw Jalen Withers uh, is really effective around the basket. Uh, playing at, at the five position, it seems like he just has no desire to do that right now. Uh, it seems like he's just he has kind of a a lack of identity right now a, as a player. And we know what he's capable of. We know he's the most talented, most athletic player on this team. Uh, we know that he absolutely can be a first round draft pick one day. He is just not where he needs to be right now. Malik Williams, much of the same. Uh, he's not where he needs to be health wise, like you can tell. I can't remember who it was, but we have a little group chat and they said, you know, it feels like he's just, 
he's like walking on stilts. Like it doesn't feel like he's just where he needs to be. Uh, like Withers, you just got to see more out of him. You need more activity on defense, better rebounding. Can't get picked on on those pick and rolls when when your team when everybody goes uh, underneath the screens or excuse me over top of screens. Like you can you cannot allow teams to keep picking on you over and over. He's a liability at this point on defense. And and uh, Will was looking at him to play you know 25, 30 minutes a night, and, and he's just not playing at that kind of level where he's earned those kind of minutes, in my opinion. Uh, and and I just want to see him in the paint. I know it's a crazy thought just to see. I want to see Withers and, and Williams in the paint. I know this team is very uh, predicated on spacing the floor, and I get that. But you can space the floor with the big in the paint. You can space the floor uh, with with people with create while also creating motion. And we haven't seen that a lot. And I think Williams and Withers are are, are a big factor in, in, in that aspect. Uh, Matt Cross. Uh, there were reports today that he was sick. Uh, it looked like he was throwing up on the sidelines. Mike McGee's indicated it might have been dehydration. They didn't think he like had COVID or anything like that. Sidney Curry, I, I thought that he was great on the boards today. He got the nod over Roosevelt Wheeler. I was a little concerned. I'm concerned about the Sidney Curry Roosevelt Wheeler kind of the transactions uh, of who gets to go in and who doesn't. I'm not sure if it's just who whoever gets the minutes is just who's playing better in practice. I'm not sure if it's a matchup thing. I really don't know. And Mike Mike McGee's kind of danced around the subject as well. He just says we have to do better. We have to do better as a coaching staff. Like you know, as, as far as, as him having the, the right kind of answers uh, for every question, I feel like he does not have uh, the right answers for, for the Sidney Curry, Roosevelt Wheeler debacle, essentially down, down low. I don't, I don't want to see Malik Williams in the game as much when he's not healthy. I'd rather save him and get him back to 95, 100% for the end of the season and kind of just like against worst team, worst teams, you know, let him play 10, 15 minutes and let these younger guys uh, get a little more clock. Uh, I know we're going to see Gabe Wisnesker back into the lineup. I know that's going to mix up the rotation a little bit, but really Sidney Curry and Roosevelt Wheeler, you can kind of combine them. Uh, I, I want to see more Rose Wheeler. I want to see more Sidney Curry. The team plays more of that true five spot uh, when you have Roosevelt Wheeler in, in the game and and, and and the same with Sidney Curry's side. I don't really understand the, the logic behind that, and I, I'm hoping that they kind of pinpoint that as a, a, an area of focus. Uh, when you're talking about rebounding, Malik Williams had nine rebounds tonight, but I'm not sure if that, those were nine super effective rebounds or if they were just kind of like, you know, he just happened to be in the right place at the right time by happenstance just because he's the tallest guy on the floor. I'm not sure if they, those were like super massive athletic effort rebounds like we saw from Sam, Samuel Williamson tonight. Speaking of Samuel Williamson, elite rebounder, like being, being there in person tonight, uh, was kind of you know closer to the floor today. And, and really, it stands out. His athleticism, he's I'm going to start calling him old man Sam. Because this guy, he plays in the mid-range, and he rebounds the hell out of the ball. And I loved what I saw from Samuel Williamson tonight. Uh, he just he, fly, he flies around the court. He gets into the right positions to grab rebounds. Uh, I feel like the rest of the team needs to take a page out of his book. Not his best night shooting from the floor. I think you said that a lot about Sam. But regardless, I want to see more of that old man Sam. Uh, L. Ellis, he's the best player on the team in transition. We saw... Uh, what he can bring to the table tonight. When Louisville went on that 18-0 run, Ellis was a big part of that. He was able to kind of, you know, uh, essentially put the defenders in, in terrible positions uh, and just make them look very foolish. Uh, you can see the athleticism, athleticism uh, coming into play more and more. His decision-making is improving. Uh, we're just going to have to live through the growing pains with Ellis. I would like to see a little bit more of him. And the same with Mason Faulkner. I, I think he's the last person that we haven't really touched on as much. Mason Faulkner, he did not play enough, didn't play at all in the second half. As you indicated, Maddie, 
Uh, he, he said that that Faulkner did not respond well, uh, and that's why he didn't get to play in the second half. I believe he played four minutes. Not what you want to see. Uh, Mason Faulkner definitely is, is a guy that we could see uh, starting by the end of the season, as you indicated already. Uh, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Uh, but to, to kind of get off my soapbox here, uh, I, I love the, the improvements and rebounding that we saw from Williamson and Davis. Seemed like the rest of the team just kind of did not have that tonight. And you cannot continue to just be this poor and this just lackadaisical on the defensive end and, and, and rebounding. You can't allow a team like Detroit Mercy, who's going to be a sub-500 team this year, to, to grab 11 offensive rebounds. You just can't. There's zero excuse for that. You're a bigger team than them. You're a more athletic team than them. You're a more experienced team than them. Like you check all of the boxes as, as a better team. I just, I, I, I don't like seeing that. Uh, we got into a little bit as, as far as, as the depth, a detriment at all, you know, trying to figure out who's going to get the minutes. Um, and, and I guess kind of the, the next thing that rolls into that as well is, is the stagnation that we've seen on offense. I think that Mike Begeese's thinking is that we've been so stagnant on offense. We've been so lackadaisical on defense. There's nobody really stirring the drink on this team to, to borrow a page of the Jeff Greer playbook. Uh, and, and that would be my question for you, Maddie. When you're looking at this team, who do you feel like, you know, is, is going to stop from dribbling the air, air out of the ball? Who do you think is going to kind of become that leader that, that is ultimately able to, to be a spark plug for this offense? Well, I mean, I really think I really think the guy is going to be I think it's going to be L. Ellis. I just think right now it's so early that he's making mm -hmm. he's making a lot of, you know, silly mistakes. And I know that you know, it's hard to make this comparison because people think you're saying that he is him or just like him. But it's very sophomore year Russ Smith-esque with the crazy shots that he's able to make. And he's behind the back in transition and these finishes, these acrobatic finishes and things like that. But then you deal with, you know a silly turnover or jacks up a three that he has no business jacking up, or he, you know, goes under the basket instead of kicking it out to the a wide open guy in the corner, he tries to force the layup and it bounces off the side of the, the front of the rim and they're off and running. So like, you kind of have to, you kind of have to live with those things, but I really feel like he, he has shown a couple of times, you know, coming in off the bench to, to be that spark plug for us. And I think the more comfortable he gets, you know, and the more time that he gets and more experience um, as it goes on, he's going to, that, that side of him that, you know, that needs to come out more as being, you know, more poised and a little less, you know, um, crazy, you know, as far as the play goes out there on the court, a little less kind of erratic, I should say. Um, mm -hmm. I think that will definitely, I think definitely L Ellis because he can provide, you know, scoring punch. He's, he's a decent, he's a pretty good on ball defender. He's not as good as Jared West, but he's, he's getting there. And I think he will get better. Um, he's so crazy fast that he can blow by pretty much anybody. And we already talked about the acrobatic finishes. So I feel like he's, he's a spark plug, but he also really does have that ability to, you know, get other guys involved or to, you know, like I said, score the ball himself, go in there and get, get fouled, get an and one, you know, he can, he can really bring something to this team. And I don't, I think this team is really galvanized. I think this team is really together. I just think that right now, like I said earlier, we're missing Mac and, you know, that's, that's part of their, their team and their team is not all hundred percent together without him. So I think, I think once he gets back, we're definitely going to see kind of 
that effort you were talking about and that energy and, and stuff like that, particularly um, on the defensive end. Uh, I think like with Jared West, you know, he's such a, such a good on ball defender. You know, Locke's got a six, eight wingspan. He's a, he's a really good on ball defender as well. He had a few, you know, quite a few deflections today, things like that, getting, you know, getting his hands on hands on the ball here and there. But I really think that that really just comes down to the intensity and the effort because it wasn't like we were missing rotations or anything like that. Like literally there were just some times where there was a guy that was just lackadaisical or slow about getting to the ball and not moving their feet and not going and covering, you know, it's like, why aren't you, why do you look like you don't want to be here? And, and that's mm. what we're missing with Mac. Cause Mac, we know Mac doesn't put up with that kind of thing. And so I feel like that's why we're so confident, you know, when he comes back that we're not going to see a lot of these mistakes that we're talking about now. But as of right now, this team really, Samuel Williamson, you're talking about, I absolutely, I love Samuel Williamson. His rebounding prowess is, is huge. He's, he's such an amazing rebounder. I'd probably call him the best rebounder on the team just because it seems like he always finds the ball. He grabs it with both hands. He that save that he had on when he had those back-to-back offensive rebounds on that possession. And what did we get out of that possession? A Jalen Withers three from the left wing. Like, mm-hmm. and, and there comes the balloon popping <laughs> for a moment for you right, right there. Um, it's it's just, and that's why it's disappointing. Is because you know when you get chances like that, you know you want to you obviously you know you get more than one chance to score. You you get two offensive rebounds. You hope that you're going to come away with some points and. The fact that, you know, we don't come away with any points, that that kind of is like a microcosm of how the season's gone so far because it's kind of like one step forward, two steps back because we can't, we can't get it all the way together without, without Mac. It's almost like when we get Mac back, we'll finally be able to be cohesive and kind of put, be putting it together on a more consistent basis. Because as you were talking about, even, assistant, even the assistants and things like that and the staff look to their head coach you know, for, for sure. certain things, you know, that's why the head coach is the head coach. And so when you think about that and you think about, you know, particularly with how Mac preaches defense and talks about defense to offense and how, if we're not tough on defense, you know, and, and we're not focused on that end that we're not going to have good things happen on the other end. And so I think Mac, I think Mac really preaches this intensity because he knows that if we're, we get confidence from, from doing well on that, on that end, and then we're able to really push and, and do what we want to do on the offensive end. So I think, I think it definitely starts there. And I think that um, you were talking about with Jalen Withers, he definitely is. Uh, I really love that, that comparison that Ethan made as well with the substitute teacher. It's almost like he's like, oh, he can't, he can't yell at me after the game for hanging out on the perimeter and taking a bunch of jump shots and, and things like that, you know, so I'm going to, I'm going to take advantage. And part of that is, part of that is, you know, kind of expected, but then at the same time, it's like, you kind of would hope that Pegues would be able to get a handle on it before, before all six games come and come and go. Right. Um, but yeah, I really, I really think that, I really think that uh, we need to work on just, just consistency. And I know that's going to be, that's going to be difficult and that's going to be probably a theme through the whole season because Matt coming back, isn't going to remedy everything. It's not going to fix everything. It's not going to, magically make everything perfect because the players at the end of the day still have to go out on the court and execute. Um, So when it comes down to that, it's like, you know, you really, you really need to, to look even when you're, even though your coach is not here, you can't, you really use that as an excuse. You're not using it as an excuse. You're just saying that 
a lot of these issues, we know that that Mac really cracks down on these issues. And it seems through these next, through these couple games, although I will say that it did look a little bit better um, as far as the whole dribbling the air out of the ball thing. This game, it did look a lot better uh, as far as when we got either offensive, it was a rebound, defensive rebound, or inbounding the ball. The uh, bigs weren't trying to take it all the way up the court. They were looking, yes. whoever grabbed the ball, if they weren't a guard, they looked up for a guard after one or two dribbles and, and passed the ball. And so, so I, was glad, I was glad to see that. So that shows that there's, there's something, you know, there's improvements, small improvements, but improvements still being made. So I think that's a positive sign. But, you know, everything we talk about, like I said, has that Mac caveat. Um, and that's just the way it's going to be until he gets back and we see how this team responds when he gets back. You know, we could be having the same conversation and be really concerned because Mac's here and we're still having the same issues. Or we could be saying, see, this is how important Mac is, but we just don't know until we get there. Yeah, and to your point, Jalen Withers is very much that guy that, you know, as somebody who has kind of had where Jalen Withers is now, who has lived that and sees that in the past, that's in the rear view mirror for me. Uh, and, and maybe you can just kind of echo this sentiment as well, Maddie. You know, sometimes when you're younger, when you're 19, 20 years old, like, this is a guy with just so much potential. Like he has his entire future ahead of him. I mean, this is a guy that's six nine, six ten, with the ability to be a premier player in college basketball and go in, in the first round in the NBA draft. And some like I just kind of want to shake him and just be like, dude, look, like who do you want to be? Like what kind of player do you want to be? Uh, because this team, this team needs you to be that guy, right? Like your teammates are relying on you to be the best player on this team. Uh, and it's just not, it's just not happening right now on both ends of the floor. Mike McGee's kind of indicated that he felt that Jalen Withers was not on top of his game because he is relying too much on trying to gain his confidence on the offensive end. When in reality, if he can be a solid defensive player, uh, and we're not asking him to be a dog on defense or anything, if he can just be a solid defensive player. Uh, he could absolutely turn that momentum uh, into something special on the offensive end. Uh, he doesn't have to be getting into ISO sets or any of those sort of things. Like he is a dog. Like he needs to be freaking creaming the ball three, four times a game. Max said as much, like he's got to be a guy that all he thinks about is dunking. And we saw, uh, and I believe it was, I believe it was the last game uh, that, that Withers absolutely has that ability. Uh, he has the ability to take it to the rack. Uh, Detroit Mercy cut that off tonight. Every time that, that somebody drove baseline and, and passed up an open three, uh, it, instead of where against Navy they were getting dunks, uh, they were getting cut off and either being called for a charge, turning the ball over, or having being forced to pass it back out. Uh, and Jaylen you mentioned Winters passing up the open three, and I think that's really important yeah. that you mentioned passing up the open three because once you pass up an open three and you allow somebody to close out, that means that if that person's had that man's had time to close out on you, that the defense has had time to rotate around back to yep. to close off any other doors that you were trying to get through the ball through as well. So, you know, the, if you're going to play with pace, you have to be committed to playing with pace. Yeah. And you, you have to take what the, the defense gives you. I think that that Louisville did a really good job of, of, of that against Navy. I think Navy is probably a better team than Furman and Detroit Mercy. Uh, just from seeing the level of cohesion on that team, I felt that Louisville just played a much better game against Navy than they did again in the second and fourth games. Uh, so I, I think that's something to consider is that 
you know, Louisville thought that they were going to get those same, some same kind of baseline drives and those, you know, show-stopping dunks and that sort of stuff tonight. That just simply was not the case. Uh, when you look at this roster, I really break it down. You know, there's there's really 10, 11 guys that are gonna, that are going to play consistently throughout the year, right? And I think that there's kind of a forward and four scenario here where you have four players in Samuel Williamson, Matt Cross, uh, you have Dre Davis, and I'm trying to think of who the last person is, Jalen Withers. So you have four players, right, that, that are really solid scorers and playmakers. And you have to be able to get those players balls. You have to be able to get those players the ball in their hands uh, in an advantageous situation. And so then you turn to the four guards. You turn to the four players that, that are essentially the drinksters. You have Jared West. Uh, you have uh, L. Ellis, Mason Faulkner. And in a sense, you have Matt Cross, although you could you could say it's, you know, three guards and essentially five playmakers, right? I really want to see somebody else step up besides Jared West and be that guy who stirs the drink. Uh, when you saw Louisville go on this 18-0 run, right, there was not a lot of half-court sets. It was a lot of Louisville making solid defensive stops, uh, you know, Detroit Mercy missing a shot or turning the ball over, and Louisville just getting up the floor and just being a better, quicker, faster, more athletic team, right? We saw that at the end of this, the first half, start of the second half. And then what happened? Then you have one of the better scorers in the country, Antoine Davis, take over the game. This is a guy that averages 25 points a game for his career. This guy averaged, I believe, it was 26.6 points a game in his freshman season. Okay, so like this is a guy who's an elite scorer. Uh, as you mentioned uh, in, in the post game uh, on the radio, Maddie. Uh, this is a guy that that broke one of Steph Curry's records, I believe, for for number or three point percentage in a season or something like that. Like he's just a pure scorer. Uh, he do, he has like one just incredible step back go to move that he made Jalen Withers look like a fool uh, a few possessions in a row. But he essentially led the team back, right? And so what happened? Jared West was was tasked with shutting him down. He did a great job, I think. Once Jared West was kind of playing uh, that straight up man defense. That kind of they were almost playing like a box and one in a sense where Jared West just did not leave him at all. Uh, Antoine Davis was not super effective after that. He didn't get off uh, any sort of uh, you know good looks towards the end of the game to kind of put Detroit Mercy ahead. Like and and once I saw that, I felt like Louisville was not going to relinquish the lead. Although they allowed uh, Detroit to come back and tie the game, uh, I never really felt like it was a game that they were going to lose. Uh, but then once you have Jared West kind of on guarding on ball, he can no longer be that player who's going to be the guy uh, who's the distributor. He can't be the guy who's always bringing up the floor. Like he can't be both of those things. And that's just not the kind of player that Jared West is. And that's not the kind of player that Louisville should expect him to be. So in that case, you got to have LL stepping up. You got to have uh, you, you have to have the, the other guard stepping in uh, and, and you know, I know Mason Faulkner didn't get in the game tonight, but that's what I would like to see from Mason Faulkner down the road, right? Like, you have to have guys that can get into the lane, uh, that can finish contested shots, and, and that can distribute the ball. Uh, I think that L. Ellis needs to be that guy, uh, but right now he's just more of an offensive playmaker. He's more of just a guy who's going to just make a lot of contested shots and, and knock down some open threes, but that's about it. He's okay on defense right now. Definitely needs to improve. But that's kind of the way that I break down this roster. Uh, and, 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 as, as far as uh, concerns going forward, uh, Louisville is, is about to take a trip to the Bahamas. They're about to play a really solid Mississippi State team. 
uh, a team that beat this Detroit Mercy team by 13, uh, I believe, two, three days ago. Take that for what it is. Louisville did not play super well tonight. So it's kind of a it's a difficult comparison to make. But this is a, a Mississippi State team that unless Louisville plays better than they have the first four games, they will lose to 100%. And you go into this daunting stretch where it's going to be Mississippi State. You're going to play probably Richmond at this point. Uh, but either Richmond or Maryland. And then you travel to Michigan State and to NC State. So we're going into just an absolute, just dogged stretch. Uh, and then they come back home and play DePaul, who notched a great win this weekend. So it, it, it's it's going to be a really, really difficult stretch for the next five games. Louisville has to step things up. Maddie, looking forward, what is the number one thing outside of, you know, obviously we're not going to get Chris Mack for these next two games. What are you looking for in the Bahamas, uh, ultimately, that could catapult Louisville uh, forward in the season and maybe kind of have like a season-turning game? I'm looking for the intensity from the jump. I mean, I want, I want the intensity on, from, from tip, from the get-go. It, there's no reason why it shouldn't be there. That's something that should always be there. And uh, with, with or without with or without Chris Mack, but that's what we've been talking about. He really inspires. But that's what I really want to see that first and foremost, because that, especially on the defensive end, leads to really good things on the offensive end. I really think that that gives us confidence playing well on the defensive end. It leads us, it lends itself really well into our offense, particularly, you know, for Jared West, because if, if we're able to push the ball by playing really good defense, whether we get a missed shot or a bad shot with a long rebound, you know, that's it. all that, all those things are opportunities to push. And that's what we want to do is push the pace, push the pace, push the pace. So I really feel like I want to see that intensity on, on defense uh, especially. But also in the half-court sets, you know, when we're not able to get out in transition or we weren't able to push and get a really quick shot, um, I, really, I really want to see just the activity because in the first couple of exhibition games, there was a lot of assists. We had a lot of assists. We had a lot of really crisp passing, a lot of, um, you know, making the extra pass, passing up a good shot for a great shot, um, things like that. It looked really, really good. And like like Ross McMain's, uh, the, everybody loves those videos where he's talking about bop, bop, bop. We don't want to, we don't mm-hmm. want to be moving like bop, bop. You know, we don't, we don't want that. So I feel like we just need, we can do those things. We just need to get back to it. I feel like just today we looked really, really lazy. And so that's why I just keep going back to effort and to the intensity because I just feel today we looked at like a step slow. Like we didn't really want to be there today. And we can't act that way and we can't play that way, like you were saying, against these better teams, these tougher competition, this basically this, you know, gauntlet it looks like for our team that we're about to go through, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're yet to be seen. And we were talking about it a little bit earlier before we, uh, before we got on, we were talking about how, you know, sometimes there's teams or players, you know, that – maybe against lesser competition, they don't look very good, but then you see them against a really great team or, you know, equal competition or the best team ever. And they look great. You know, they really bring it. They run the lights, bright lights come on, the lights are brightest. They, they really, they really bring it. So we don't know, maybe we'll see a different, a different approach against a better opponent. Maybe they just weren't able to get locked in against, Furman and Navy and maybe I don't know maybe they just didn't get excited and I mean that's not not an issue like I said you know I feel like if Mac were here he would have tore tore him a new one for stuff like that because you you need Mm -hmm. to no matter who you play bring the same intensity and effort 
Um, but yeah, that, those are the main things that I want to see. I just want to see the intensity and effort because I think if we bring that, that lends itself to um, good things on both ends of the floor, defense and offense. It helps give the team confidence and it helps, you know, the flow and, and just everything that we want to do. Mike Begee said it best in the press conference. He opened it up by saying, you can't accept in victory what you wouldn't accept in defeat. And I don't think that any of us uh, are accepting of the way that Louisville's played now. Ultimately, a win looks better than a loss on, on, the, on the record. Uh, and, and ultimately, that will be advantageous going towards the end of the season. Um, but you talked about the energy and effort. And I think that starts on the defensive end. We talked about that with Jalen Withers. We talked about that with Samuel Williamson. Uh, but, but ultimately, uh, like Mike Begee said, you can't get in that quick pace of play where Louisville went on, on those runs in this game. You can't get into that uh, if you're constantly taking the ball out of the net. And, and essentially what he means by that is that if you're giving up open shots, if you're giving up second chance points, you're not going to be able to get out in transition. And that's where this team is, is going to succeed. This is a team that's built to play in transition. Uh, and, and that would be my biggest concern going forward. If Louisville brings the intensity on the defensive end, um, you know, you have to look at, the, at, at these next two games and say, look, Mississippi State has not faced the, the type of, of opposition that Louisville can bring to the table. Uh, and, and the same with Richmond and Maryland. You know, they're, they're not going to have seen a team as talented as Louisville. Um, so we, we're looking at a 930 tip um, at late, later this week in Thanksgiving week. Uh, there's going to be a lot of distractions, and I want to see how Louisville can come out um, and, and look prepared and look sharp on the defensive end. If they can do that, then I think that they actually do have a chance of coming out of this trip 2-0. and I, I truly do believe that. Uh, and, and like you said, Maddie, it is a little bit different. You see that, that teams often play more crisp, more together, make more of a concerted effort when they're in warm-ups and they look across the floor and they see a team that looks equally talented and athletic. Uh, so uh, that, that'll be an important thing going in. Mississippi State, uh, extremely challenging opponent, uh, really won the transfer portal in the offseason. Um, so it, it could be a huge resume booster if they're ultimately able to grab a win. Uh, Maddie, any final thoughts before we get out of here and you get to go enjoy that California sunshine? Uh, okay, I just think my, I just, my thing is we just got to be patient. Uh, we got to see when Matt gets back, how this team responds. We got to see the difference, you know, if there is a difference, you know, cause we don't know, mm-hmm. we don't, we don't know. Like I said, Matt coming back also isn't going to fix or remedy anything. It's not a, it's not a cure all, but just be patient with this team. We know we've got some talent, which is why it can be frustrating because we see in spurts that this can be really special. Um, but just kind of as far as final thoughts on this game, I feel like, you know, obviously I'm glad we got the win. Um, I'm really proud so far this season of of Sam for continuing to put his head down and just work and stick to what he does. He's looked really smooth and confident this season, and confidence has been Sam's thing since he got here. So if this can be the year where he turns that on, that's gonna be that's gonna be huge for the team, I believe. Um, watching going forward, um, and I mean just these next two games. I feel I feel like I'm on your I'm on your um, your wavelength with it too. I feel like we'll be playing Richmond um, as well, but I feel like we can really we can, I feel like both of these games are absolutely winnable, and 
we, with all the talent that we have on our squad and the, in the depth, I feel like we just really need to put our heads down and put in that effort that we know that we would be given if Mac was here. And I think, I think that they just really need to be reminded like, Hey, come on, like we're better than this. Uh, because honestly, that's why it's so frustrating because we know we're a better team than this. We know that with all the talent and the potential that this team has. So I think I think it's going to be fun to watch. I think it's going to be really fun to see this team grow and progress and, and these individual players as well as, you know, collectively in this system kind of come to fruition and, and and everything like that. So, yeah, I'm really I'm really excited to see, you know, win or lose. It's exciting to, you know, be watching Louisville basketball. Obviously, you'd rather be winning. But, you know, we got two more games to get fearless leader back and see see what happens. So hopefully return of the Mac is uh, as great as everybody thinks it's going to be. Yeah, and it could be a good opportunity for the team to just get out on the road, uh, get out of their comfort zone, see it, just have a change of pace uh, for the first time this great season. Great point, great point. it very well could be something that ultimately catapults this team going forward. Uh, I think this is a great opportunity for the team to, to build itself. You know, the, the fans are going to be down. They're going to be, you know, you're looking ahead at two quasi top 25 teams coming off of, of a four game stretch that was not super encouraging by the same token. There's a lot of opportunity in this next four game stretch. Uh, that's what excites me. Uh, and that's kind of a thought that I'll leave with Louisville fans going forward uh, is that there's a lot of opportunity ahead. There's a long season to go. Uh, and this team ha- is just budding with potential. Uh, Maddie, as always, thank you so much. If you don't follow her, please go follow Madison Wood, uh, a.k.a. I believe it's at uh, Yo Mads, Y-O-M-A-D-Z on Twitter. Uh, if you don't follow her, she's a great follow. Very knowledgeable Louisville basketball fan. We need a lot more female Louisville basketball fans uh, giving their contribution, in my personal opinion. Until next time, Maddie, thanks for coming off, coming on, signing off, starting five with two podcasts. Go cards. Thanks, man. But I get the most press kid Plus yo, my bitch make your bitch look like precious Talking about Mary, she gone off that molly Now the whole party is melting like Dolly Now everybody is moving they body Don't sell me apartment, I move in the lobby Niggas is Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.
Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.